Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, it's Bongo. Uh, day after the day after. Uh, I'm in a pub in Brighton. Uh, listening to all the Brighton fans. Drown their sorrows. Uh, quick match report. Really shit. So are they. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, fantastic gesture on the game. Uh, the flag for Bevan Crunchy. Really, really impressed with that. Three points. Roll on Friday. Hello, mate. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, listening all around the world. My name is Nick Hart, and you are tuned into Achtung Millwall, which, as you well know, is the number one podcast devoted to the ever-changing drama that is our beloved Bermondsey club. Well, one week on from the debacle of the crushing home 5-1 defeat to Middlesbrough, a result was required away to Brighton last Friday night. And so today, in a packed three-part programme, we kick over the traces of that very welcome victory indeed that the Lions achieved at the Amex. First up, we've got a post-match report from our midsummer listed line, Les Hammond, who spoke to me in the immediate aftermath of the win over the Seagulls. Now that's closely followed in part two by a conversation with our regular show co-host Stooza. Then in part three, with a fantastic listed line in long-time TLR columnist Neil Uwe for Hollywood Bradley. So stay tuned for that. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Achtung Mule is the house podcast for CBL magazine, which will be on sale before the Bournemouth game on December 28th. It's just two quid and all profits from this edition will benefit the Melzer House and Richard House Child Hospices. Both fantastic causes, I hope you'll agree. So that's enough now from me. Here's Les. So next up on the show, we've got one of our previous um, callers, Les. Welcome back to the show, Les. Hello, Nick. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm relieved, mightily relieved. How are you, mate? Yeah, how was it for you down at the Amex tonight? Well, I'm coming away very, very happy with three points. I think it's a massive three points. I agree. And I think uh, let's hope we can kick on and get another three points off of Bolton. Um, but to me, it was a poor game between two not very good sides. They were worse than we were. That was that for me really sums up the game. But having said that, yeah, I think you've always got to take the positives out of things. And I think you know what? There's three points. They never really looked like scoring to me. No. I think we defended well. Uh, which is a, a, a great relief after Middlesbrough. Not that this lot were anywhere near as good as Middlesbrough. No. But I thought, I thought we looked solid at the back. Again, I, I, I felt on the rare occasions we came forward, then the amount of times we gave the ball away. Yeah, massively frustrating to watch on yeah. telly. Um, must have been, you know, worse still within the stadium. What a beautifully taken goal, though, Les. I thought the the goal that we scored, fifteen minutes, was a fantastically put away chance by Lee Gregory. I thought he really took his chance well. Well, I, I do. You see, the tr- the trouble is, Nick. I, I I I'm one of those people. I like to sort of what I always see in West Upper because I like to see the game from on high. Mm. Um, and and I think when you're behind the goal, as, as you have to be down there, I don't think you you, you get that sort of good a uh, uh, picture of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, I always like to watch my football from the side, if I can do, but, you know, you're stuck away from home. Uh, but, no, it was it was a kind of a scuffed... I think it was an attempted shot by Magay Gway, which kind of scuffed its way through to Lee Gregory, who was on goal, and he just put it away really clinically, really neatly, a fantastically taken chance. It, it, it almost reminded me of the Neil Harris of old, you know, the, the classic Neil Harris... Yeah, I mean, look, to be fair, I think you, you, you've got a much, much better view of the goal than any of us did down there. You know, we, we just knew it was a goal. Everyone went bonkers, was bonkers which yeah, um, was very enjoyable. <laughs> um, but it was it was one of those games that I, the, the guy behind me said, you, he went after, uh, five minutes after the goal, he said, you know what, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the final whistle. <laughs> And I think this is going to be the longest. I think we scored in fifteen, didn't we? Fifteenth like minute, and yeah. uh, we. I mean, I thought initially we looked quite good going forwards. We seemed to pass the ball around quite neatly in the, inside the Brighton final third. But then once we went that goal up, Les, we just sat back and just it was sat back. Yeah. Everyone was saying this, and you see, the thing is, the trouble is, you get the feeling when we come forward. We don't look a bad side. No. And, and when we came forward, we all I always got the feeling that if we'd just been a little bit better with our passing, we, we could have scored a second, may, maybe a third. 
Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I, I, in fact, I think we look more confident going forwards than we yeah. do trying to sit back and contain these sides. Um, I mean, you're right. Brighton were a poor, a poor outfit. I mean, they, they seem to be headed um, downwards in one direction only. Well, when... I, see their, I see their fan, their their, their fan band base. All those, those lifelong f- fans, they're all already deserting. Uh... In huge numbers. Yeah, we'll see where they are in League One, if that's what it comes to. Well, um, I mean, as you know, I sort of lived down amongst them. I've never seen such an explosion of replica shirts in all my life when the Amex was built. I mean, it looked good luck, wouldn't I? Like, like 20-odd thousand, 26,000 to sort of turn up to Millwall. Yeah, for sure. But, of mate. course, if we had a 30,000 capacity stadium, the, the, it would probably be reduced by ambulance code to about 18,000. But for me, the big problem about this game is there's not much to talk about. No. What did um, you make of Martinez, Les? I mean, I, I, I found him anonymous, personally. I've read some comments online saying that he played well. I, I, he didn't really stand out in one direction or another for me. I don't know what you, you felt in, no, at the stadium. No, from, no there's from... just not much to say about the game. I think it sums up. We, we started off OK. Um, we scored a goal. They played loads of pretty football. We uh, defended well, but constantly gave the ball away in their third of the field, and they didn't score. Uh, and that was it. But, you know, I can sort of pick out good performances. I mean, I, I thought David Ford was very solid tonight. You know, did everything. Yeah, David Ford at his best. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Yeah. And David Ford at his best is very, very good keeper. Indeed. Look, I like Danny Shittu. I, I think he, he brings something to our defence. He brings a presence. I think Mark Beavers looks at twice the player alongside Danny Shittu as he uh, as he does with, with in any other partnership. I, he, to me, Mark Beavers, look, he, he's a good centre-half. He's a bit of a fairy. Um, <laughs> and he's a confidence player. But I really think, you know, him and Danny Shittu, to, to me, that, that's the partnership that has to stay. I like the fellow Wilkinson at right-back. I, I, I think he's just a good, solid player. Yeah. If I'd have been picking the team tonight, I can tell you this, uh, Scott Malone wouldn't have played. No. Having said that, I, I, I sort of thought he was decent. He wasn't great. I thought he was decent. I would have put the boy Briggs in. I, I, I can, I can, I can hear a lot of people now listening to me saying that and going, "Oh my God, no!" I think he's a decent player, Matthew Briggs, and I think he's a, a better defender than than Scott Malone. Um, and if you're playing um, Beavers and Shitter and you're playing with Wilkinson, you might as well have a proper left back on the left hand side. Um, but then, of course, that sort of formation is screaming out for four four two, and we've got no wingers. No, no, that's so, the thing. So, you know, it? again, we're up a blind alley. But, you know, look, he was adequate, Scott Malone. Uh, Sean Williams, best player at the club by country, mile. To me, he, he's the best midfield player since Tim Cahill, and I've said that a long, long time ago. Not that I'm trying to make myself out to be someone clever, because I'm not. I just think it's obvious when that boy gets on the ball, he, he looks a sort of player. Yeah. Um, and the Martinez, well, I've seen Martinez, Angel Martinez play for us. I thought he was all right. He's been out for a long time, so one would imagine um, that he can get better. But, yeah. you know, for me, the team, I don't know, it's, it's, it's missing something. 
It seems to be missing a spark of some sort. I mean, yeah, it's a spark. You yeah. Know? And um, we look, we all know with football, you could come to the January transfer window, and Holloway might get some player in on loan, or yeah. you know, we, we we might buy someone a thirty-five quid from somewhere. It <laughs> just happens to be the, that that little bit of the jigsaw that make you know the, the spark that makes a team function. And, you know, I've seen that loads of times in football, not just at Millwall. It's a, it's a team game, isn't it, football? You know, if we had, if, if we had 10 Sean Williams... Yeah, we we'd be laughing, mate. Side. That's fantastic. I think you've done very well to get any kind of summary out of that game whatsoever, Les. It, it, you're right, it was a it was a bland game overall. Very bland, yeah. And a very and poor, bland it. game, but we were on the winning side of that poor, bland performance. That, that's all that matters. That is all that matters, I'll, I'll take mate. Those three, I'll, I'll take that sort of three points tonight, and i I'll take that sort of three points for the next five games. That's the, fantastic. The, uh, the big plus is, I think, look, it's, a, it's an away win. It's a a, a sort of an averagely competent performance and it's something that gives the manager half a chance to kick on from. Brilliant. It must give the team a bit of confidence for the game against uh, Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. We, yeah. That's the first time I've actually, in all my life, I've seen us win at Brighton. <laughs> it's, it's always a bogey um, ground, isn't it? Yeah. So... <laughs> I just think take that in that sort of, in, in, in a Bolton game. We've not been sort of very uh, good at home for the last ball, not for the last four years. Yeah. But let's hope we can take that into the Bolton game, get a bit of confidence from it, and uh, put in a good performance, and maybe you know, like let's score two, three, four goals. That's fantastic, uh, Les. And I must be pissed. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to your soiree, mate. That's fantastic stuff. Uh, most of them are buggered off home, but uh, Have a no, drink. It's, it's, it's all been all right. I mean, I've, um, I've just sent the cab driver on his way with his fare, plus um, <laughs> um, two, two mince pies and a sausage roll. Very nice. Very and nice. Hartford Line, a lot of people will enjoy to listen to this yep. because we had to drop him off at his hotel on the way. Yep. And when he got in there, he was, when I got in the cab first and I shut his hand in the door, <laughs> there's a lot of people on top that will enjoy that. <laughs> Great stuff. So there you go, Nick. I, I'm, sure I, I'm sorry I can't be more forthcoming you, about that. You've been brilliant, mate. That's... Gems and pearls of wisdom, but there's nothing, nothing no. that I can say. It's pretty I much the same take from me. I mean, watching it on TV, I couldn't have added anything to what you said, and it was I, I came up with the same conclusion. So um, that's fantastic. I really appreciate your time, Liz. Thank you for All coming right. to the phone, mate. And no, we'll speak again soon, soon, mate, I hope. Soon, yeah, you look after yourself. Cheers, Nick. Thanks, Bye Les. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Big welcome to Stooza. Thanks for coming on the show, Stoos. Were you there at the game last night, mate? I wasn't there. I did. I contemplated it. Uh, yeah. Probably for about twenty minutes of last week's game, and then uh, <laughs> I gave... believe half-time last week it, it wasn't on the agenda anymore. But uh... you gave it up. You gave it up. Now you've suggested a. a I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the band that you went to see, a group called the McCluskies. I, I've never heard of them. Got to be quite honest with you. Just McCluskey, you sounds you do sound like someone's kind of aging uncle there, Nick, by adding there <laughs> onto the front, I've got to say. But yeah, just, just McCluskey. Um, McCluskey, oh right, not the McCluskeys, the McCluskey. They're a band that a few Mill fans on House of Fun seem to know, and I've got to say, actually, um, sorry to hijack the show, but thank yeah. you to Enrich on House of Fun, who actually donated me the tickets and said to <clears> put <throat> some money in Crunch's charity pot, so that was nice of him. Fantastic, fantastic. Well done, Enrich. 
Um, as Stu's has suggested a, a, a snatch of a track, we can't play too much of it for copyright reasons, but just as a kind of a, a starting point after last week's debacle and the, the kind of um, the abuse that was heaped Ian Holloway's way, we're going to play a short snatch of the McCluskeys. Um, <laughs> the man they couldn't hang, Stu's, what's the name of this, this track? Uh, I think it's called That Man Will Not Hang. That yeah. Man Will Not Hang. Take it away, McCluskeys. <laughs> Gordon Bennett, what was that? Was that was that rap music, Stoos? <laughs> That's uh, Welsh punk. Welsh rock. punk rock. Okay, um, the man they, that man will not hang. And uh, I thought that's a good start, actually, to today's um, conversation. Um, clearly, Holloway needed a result last night, and and to a degree, well, he certainly got the result. The performance we can talk about, but it was it was three very welcome points. Got to say, Stoos. Yeah, it was, and that's a uh, that's a good thing about it. I suppose these are the kind of games we've got to gut out and just get the points one way or another. But it, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> it certainly wasn't pretty. No, was that one of the notes I took was, um, you know, it wasn't pretty. But um, response was called for by Holloway on on the various um, news outlets in the week, and and, and in fairness, we we kind of got that response. Um, I thought we we started the game quite brightly. Nicely taken goal by Lee Gregory on fifteen minutes. Really, really well put away. I mean, that was a that was for me. That was the bright spot of the whole game. The way that he finished out that chance. Yeah, and I've been backing Gregory all season, and that's what I think he can do. Um, there was a ball just before that as well. Like you said, the first fifteen minutes, we I thought we played really well. It was almost like we got the goal. Yeah, um, and eased off a bit, but. There was another couple of runs that Gregory made, and I think it was Walford picked him out a couple of times with uh, three balls. And people have said all season he makes good runs. We're just not playing to his strength. So there was a there was a little spark last night. There was a little uh, indication of what he can do. I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, it was I've written down a brief flowering of Millwall menace. I mean, the first kind of fifteen minutes up until the goal. To be honest. I thought we looked quite um, quite purposeful, and I even tweeted that we, it's the most purposeful I've seen us play going forwards in a long time. I can't remember the last time I saw anything quite that with that amount of um, organisation. But then um, we seemed to sit back a lot. I mean, we we just um, we went one up, and then we just stood off them and invited them onto us and started to make them look like Bayern Munich. You know, it was it was quite dispiriting to watch large chunks of the game in many ways. Well, because I was at the gig last night, I was actually every now and again uh, whacking Sky Go on my phone and watching bits of it. As yeah, yeah. Every time I turned it on, Brighton were on the attack. Um, yeah. And I know that's that, that's no reflection. And I came back home and watched the game in full, but my opinion didn't really change. And there was a few people saying that Ford didn't have a save to make and stuff like that, which is nonsense. Ford had quite a few saves to make. Um, not necessarily the most testing ones, but... And I didn't think Brighton were good, but... I think they could have done more than they did against us last night. Yeah, I mean, a club under pressure. I mean, uh, I don't know if uh, their manager, Sammy Hoopier, has been sacked yet or not, but I know this was the talk before the game that if they lose to us, that'll be the end of him. Um, and, I mean, watching the game last night, we're two very similar sides. I mean, they, they also, when they went forwards, looked quite well-constructed and they looked dangerous up until the moment the ball was placed in front of goal. And that's, thankfully, from our point of view, where it all went awry because... I, you know, I take the point that Ford had a few saves to make, but a better a better striker on their side. I think we would have lost that game to be to be honest, because the bulk of the game belonged to them. 
Yeah, and uh, just lucky they had Darren Bent, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think he had, he had one excellent touch where he played a ball wide to a winger in the first half, and after that, that was it. Some of his uh, play in the box was woeful. Um, so, yeah, if they'd have had a better player, we, we could have been in a bit more trouble. But... Yeah, I mean, would have, could have, should have, and all that kind of stuff, but thankfully they didn't have that striker, and, and the game belonged to Millwall. I mean, the... Reshuffled yet again the defence and reshuffled the tactics away from the three-five-two disaster of, of last week. Um, so it was a reversion back to a four-man defence with Shitu and Beavers returning in the centre. Um, I mean, Shitu won man of the match, Thuz, and deservedly so for his more for his leadership, in my opinion, rather than necessarily the um, the, the strength of the defence. Because I thought we looked quite fragile whenever Brighton were on the attack. I was in fear of a goal, to be to be blunt. Yeah. And I think the Sky commentators at one point complimented him on uh, him and Beavers on attacking the ball. Like whenever the ball's in the air, they're quite uh, forceful in, in yeah. clearing their zone kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it's when it's they are good in the air. I think it's when it's played around on the on the ground that we look like we could be vulnerable. But Shu did have a good game. I'd I'd start with him. Um, there's questions about whether he can play kind of two games a week. That's what we need to do. But. Uh, there is that leadership, like you say. That's that's the one thing he definitely does bring that a lot of our other players don't seem to. Yeah, and I think that was the missing the missing link. I mean, I, I think against better sides we will still have problems, but certainly we've got to beat the teams like Brighton. We've got Bolton again this coming Friday. Another game where really these are games you certainly don't want to lose and preferably get results out of. Yeah, and you know it's noticeable. The last win that we had was where Shitu led the line in defence and got the goal on that occasion against Cardiff back in October. And there is a bit of a pattern developing that our best results do seem to come when he's he's at the heart of matters, and and leading the defence. So yeah, I, th- I think he's a bit of pretty much a must start whenever he can do from here onwards for the rest of the season. Hopefully, um, yeah. Well, that's two man of the match performances, isn't it? Two man of the match. Yeah. Maybe he'll become our TV player like uh, some <laughs> others are down the years, and they'll only play when we're on Sky. But uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was a solid performance for him. So. I mean, Wilkinson and Malone on either side of Shitter and, and Beavers. Malone is, seems to have lost his way somewhat. I don't know if it's his transfer talk, um, the contractual side of things, you know, with him and many other players expiring in the summertime. I don't know if that's unsettled. I mean, he's not looking the player that he was earlier in the season for me. No. Um, um, he's, he's always been one of those, hasn't he? One of those that you look at and you, you know he's got talent there yeah um, and I think he he was the one who played the ball across the box that led to the goal initially um, and it was quite a good ball that's the kind of thing he can do but yeah he's definitely lost his way he's a bit more inconsistent and the thing is with him he, he does give the ball away that's uh, he does yeah I mean I, I'm fascinated by the talk of Premier League interest if Crystal Palace are indeed one of the sides that are, are interested in him because I I like him as a player but I, I think he looks good at Millwall but I'm wondering how he will appear up against the very best in the in the top flight, and you do wonder whether he's going to get found out slightly. Not that you I get do, it. but I, I also wonder if he'll be one of those players who goes to the Premier League and starts playing because uh, he does just think he's, he's too big for the Championship. I don't know. That was always a bit of my fear with Malone. I, I liked the look of him when he first came, but he had the uh, air of somebody who was always going to think he was better than where he was playing. So. Um, could go either way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've got the January window opening up soon, so a decision's going to have to be made on Scott Malone, um, either transfer him or keep him to the end of the season, and I guess, you know, review the contracts come the summertime. 
I'm kind of thinking that he's looking unsettled to the point where if the right bid comes in, then we'll probably let him go. But obviously much remains to be seen yet on, on that front. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in front of the defence, we, we, the game was notable for the sight of um, Angel Martinez, who uh, made his debut for Mill last night. And I'm not sure what I was expecting, Stu's, but uh, you know, I, I neither noticed him as being terribly good nor terribly bad. It was, it, it was just... Um, your eyes glossed over him slightly. I don't know if you yeah. picked him up at all. I think, well, I picked him up because he was on telly. Maybe, <laughs> again, he's another one who's uh, all about the show. But um, I, I thought the same as you. It was just an average performance. There was uh, uh, He didn't do anything wrong, really, but he didn't do anything spectacular. And I, no. I agree with a lot of the other posts online that say, well, how is he any different to uh, what we've seen from Jack Powell and people like that? So, um Again, it's another change. Holloway is obviously going to play because people have been asking where he is, but it's another change that made me think, was it really necessary? What did it bring in terms of uh, a difference to last week? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good question. I mean, you know, is he any better than Ed Upson? Is he any better than Jack Powell? I'd say in, in Powell's case, with the potential for a development of a player there, almost certainly not. I suppose Martinez brings you a certain measure of, of experience. He was worked with um, Holloway at Blackpool. So I'm guessing that will be his, you know, his strong suit. It, he never stood out nor did anything particularly bad. He was all right. I, I think it's probably the best you can say about him. Mm. Um, McDonald, I notice, is getting a bit of a slating on online. Um, um, someone described him as the, the the worst good player we've ever had, which I I, I kind of know what they mean. I mean, he, he's gone in for a kind of a Travis Bickle haircut. He's, he's gone in for the Mohican now, so I'm not sure whether that's a a new angry Scott McDonald or or what that you know uh, means. But he didn't look great last night, I didn't think. No, and uh, the haircut's not going to help him any. He should have learned that by now. But um, <laughs> I'm, I've actually got the... I'm watching the game again, just in the background. And yeah. Mainly the second half, because I didn't uh, pay as much attention last night. But uh, there's a bit on 70 minutes where he, he's just ambling along. The ball's coming towards him, and a Brighton player just gets there first because McDonald just doesn't look like he's interested. And no. I think it was bit of that from him in the game last night um and the other thing was possession with him as well I, I noticed him giving the ball away quite a lot last night which um I don't really see as something that he does but no I mean I think this is one of the most frustrating aspects of this season um we've said it already we started brightly last night and we we, we looked at our best when we passed the ball and moved fast in that opening phase and then we just went back into this endless cycle of long balls and, and giving away possession cheaply and just giving it straight back to a Brighton side that had some ability on the ball. And it's almost like we, we, we it was a, you know, kind of self-harming, isn't it? It's, you know, we, we're kind of inviting the, the other team to do their worst to us. Yeah. Um, I think the other stat they come up with for McDonald last night was one goal in 42 games, um, which, however you cut it, it's not, considering where he's playing now as well, behind the front two, it's, it's not a good return, like. You would expect a bit more than that from a player who came to the club as a goal scorer, even if he's not playing out and out up front forward. No, completely. I, 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 he has been a disappointment. I mean, a, an expensive disappointment. We understand. I mean, I don't know. People talk about his wages, 16000 a week. I don't know if that's true or, or untrue, but I dare say he's expensive in Millwall terms. And we just haven't had the return from him that... Um, can really justify a contract renewal. I'm going to guess he's one of the 24 that are up for, um, you know, release in the summertime. So what could we get for that kind of money if, you know, if, if we looked in the right places? I think he's almost certainly one that's going to be released if um, based on form as much as anything else. Yeah, he'd be a candidate, wouldn't he? But um, 
having said that, it's been quite a consistent fixture. So yeah, uh, you got to think that Holloway either likes him or he is just trying to get the most out of an expensive player. I guess true. Gway and Wolford on either side of McDonald last night. I mean, I, I like Gway, and I thought he actually brought something extra to the side. He, he wasn't the most decisive player on the pitch by by any stretch, but. I thought he gave us a little bit more edge and physical presence on the on the wing or the, the wing areas of the of, of the game. Wolford wasn't brilliant, but he did a Wolford kind of job, and um, that's not too bad by my my book. Uh, and then obviously Gregory up front with Fuller late. Um, no, I mean it wasn't it wasn't pretty as as we've said. It, it was it was a result to be ground out, and um, we got the three points. Always better to be on the winning side of a poor performance, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think I'd agree. I normally agree with you, Nick, but I, I disagree on the wingers. I thought they were poor as well. I don't, yeah. I don't even think they were average performances from them. Wolfords, uh, in particular, as I say, a, a few good balls in the first half to Gregory, but apart from that, he fell away from me. And uh, Gay, Gay, I still don't know how to pronounce <coughs> it, but Wait, yeah. I'm, just, I'm not sure he's a winger for me. Um, again, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily, but uh, nothing right. But I, I didn't really see that kind of spark from him on the wing. I don't I'm not sure it's his natural position. Um no. playing, playing out right, wasn't he? So um but again he was involved in the goal from a horribly mishit shot that uh wouldn't have troubled anyone had Gregory no. on the end of it, but he was involved. So I mean Holloway speaking after the game as um, amongst many things as 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 is his way, he said what character the team showed after the Borough defeat. And I uh, to an extent, I agree with it. I think I think he's overselling it slightly because I thought we we clung on for for dear life on on many occasions in the game. <clears throat> but what character? And, and and yeah, I mean, obviously to bounce back from a five one loss where we were humiliated, to go to Brighton, which is not a place we've had a great track record in the past, and to get a result was a you know was a was a happy ending, as they say. <clears throat> so well done to the side for that. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what a lot of people are saying online. Let's not be negative. It's three points at the end of the day, and, and you've got to go back to that. I think, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting post on the on the House of Fun, which I wanted to. Uh, I won't run it all past you, Stu. But the opening bit, the opening paragraph, interested me. Is five things that Ian Holloway should learn from Brighton uh, Neil Mill one from a guy called Alan West Dog Collar. So I won't go through them all. But um, number one, he, he says pragmatism is the name of the game. With this group of players, you won't outscore teams uh, and you can't play your ideal system with them. But if you organise them correctly, respect their limitations and adapt accordingly, you can keep this group of players up in the division. And I think that's probably the most um, insightful thing I've read on, on the House of Fun in a long time because, yeah. you know, we, we, we um, Holloway swapped this um, you know, disastrous 3-5-2 last week, more attacking stance and back to basics last night for 4-2-3-1. And we got the result and I, I think he's correct that we won't outscore since we, we there's always this talk we're going to give someone a hiding at some stage I, I don't really see that I think if we're going to win we're going to be by one perhaps two goals we're not going to do jobs on people this season but we've got enough no, to cling on it's going to be functional victories that's what I'd call them uh like you say scraping ones and twos maybe here I don't see that the, the caning coming I, I don't think we've got the firepower to uh, tear someone apart and we're not playing the football either at the moment you need to see a bit of fluency in the football you play if you're going to hand someone a tonkin but um, that's not that's not where we are at the moment no. um, but it's true I, I, I've said um, I think I've only wobbled a couple of times this season and said maybe we are in danger of relegation but I've always held that we are just good enough to stay up which is no ambition at all really but I, I do think that we'll be okay 
I just one <clears throat> one tweet that I want to read out from a guy called Banter Al Assad on on the uh, on on Twitter. He he thought a quality team would have put three or four past us, but he hoped that the the, um, the events of last night were useful for the sociology students that turned up. I don't know if you saw the um, the sociology flyer that was uh, doing the rounds. Yes. I think from a local college or possibly the university. I don't know. Um, this was a group for listeners that don't know. This is a group of sociology students in the in the Brighton area that were going to go along to watch Brighton versus Millwall. Um, from the point of view of looking out for what they described as um, new new ladism, um, are you are you a new lad, Stu's? You describe yourself. I, I think I was a new lad. You were. Stu's was a new lad. Um, hegemonic masculinity. Um, I, I've never fallen foul of that personally, but um, there's, <laughs> there was a little bit of um, argy bargy I saw. I think there was one or two um, new lads or hegemonic masculinists climbing over the. Um, the dividing, um, you know, uh, tarpaulins they had up there. So I'm not sure what the sociology students would have made of that. That probably yeah. I wondered if that was them, like kicking it <laughs> off. They could do a bit more interesting study. But uh, <laughs> interestingly, the uh, standards. I don't know how many people would have picked up on this because uh, work Christmas parties and people being at the game and stuff. But the Evening Standard last night actually ran an article about that sociology trip. Right. Uh, and it was on page. It was quite. Uh, High up in the paper, page five or six or something. Okay. And it was a full page spread. Um, another picture of us fighting at Wembley um, <laughs> with a few faces people might recognise. And it was basically saying, yeah, this is perfectly valid. Football fans are still moronic thugs. And uh, how is it that Tottenham can walk around singing Yid Army in this day and age? And Millwall fans are the worst. So, um, yeah, it was another nice. Uh, I don't go in for that. Oh, woe is us. Uh, the press are always against us. I think that's part and parcel of being Millwall and quite enjoy it when we get the press coverage. But it was just interesting that it, it, it ballooned into this massive story that uh, the standard think they could, should devote a whole page to again. Well, I think it's caught hold of something. I mean, you know, we live in the times that we do and um, clearly football is, 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 is it's, it's a sport that is, um, in money terms, is probably no longer seen as a, as a working class supported um, sport, but we alone are perhaps the nearest to a working class club that remains out there. And I think it's one of the things they referred to in their flyer, come and see the working class in their in their habitat or some something like that. I can't remember how they put it, but... I suppose, you know, if, if you were being very up your ass, you'd say, oh, this is all very judgmental and stereotyping and blah de blah blah I thought it was quite amusing, personally. It made me laugh. And, um, I, you know, the, it was it was certainly had its uh, amusing side when it when it slightly kicked off at the ground last night because, as um, I think Charlie Mahoney posted, um, it's going to generate a good few essays for the, for the course on <laughs> next week. Yeah, there's, there's been some uh, high marks going around. I think there will be. That's, that's the thing. I I don't think the rest of the world knows that Millwall fans laugh about stuff like that. And there have been threads all week on it on House of Fun where people are just taking the piss out of it. Um, and I don't think people know that that's all we do is just laugh at ourselves when stuff like that comes out. They probably think we're mortally wounded by it. I think they do think that, um, but no, I, I found it amusing, and um, I th- most of the people that I've spoken to are amused by it. So um, hopefully they'll get some good marks, as you say, on their coursework. Um, I have to say though, Brighton are moving up the ranks of teams I hate. Like uh, one of my re- ex-girlfriends, her family supported them, and uh, her brother and her dad were always going on about the incredible noise Brighton made and stuff like that. <laughs> there's just little bits, isn't there? It's weird how you start to hate football teams but it's little stuff like that that really annoys me when yeah it's it, deluded uh 
it, it makes me hate the team more. And I think Brighton are, are one of those teams, aren't they? When they were doing really well, they could fill that ground out. But my God, was that ground empty last night? It's it's empty. I mean, the, 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 I was looking at the TV coverage was interesting. I mean, there was a, a few um, shots of the crowd and there was a um, behind the, the Brighton end goal, I think it was, there was a football against homophobia banner, um, which obviously has its, um, you know, clearly amusing side, given the, the cliche of Brighton. Um, and, you know, I, I personally am not, I, I'm not homophobic and I don't class myself as a person that would have any kind of um, issues with someone of a different sexuality whatsoever, but... Um, That's what a homophobic could say, though, isn't it, Nick? <laughs> Some of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the next line. Touché, touché. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I just struggle with the whole kind of... Um, I was going to say, having it ran down your throat, I'd probably best leave the um, the subject <laughs> at that. <laughs> I mean, it's just I don't know. It's it, it, it it's just um you know it, it it's it's turning football into a vehicle for something that um I I think maybe I just struggle with the idea that it's being used for a vehicle for social change in a way that is a little bit overly obvious. I don't know. But. Well, that's exactly what I thought about the Standard article. That's why it got to me because uh, they were talking about football as if it was still like the eighties and people were going out on the rampage every weekend. And football to me is quite dull and boring most of the time now. So. We it, we don't need it watered down anymore. No, no. I mean, I was having this conversation. I had a work um, Christmas meal on um, on Thursday, so I was having this over a few glasses of red. You know, with people that had no idea what meal was all about. And to them, of course, it represents uh, the like a cross between a Ku Klux Klan meeting and the you know Satan's um, you know hell on earth descended. And and you just wish that you, you know it's just you just want to say to them it's not it's not like that really. But then I sometimes wonder whether we're better off with the image rather than no image at all. Well, yeah, I tell people it is like that. I, I'm <laughs> it. I, I don't want them people at Millwall. So, uh, no, I don't want them at Millwall either. I don't want their city banners either. Um, there we are. On to the other news. Um, the January transfer window is, is opening soon and um, Chairman John Berylson has spoken to Alex Aldridge in the week saying that Holloway will get backing in, in the transfer market. There's talking of um, talk of um, Owen Doyle of Chesterfield, who's a, a goal scorer in League One. Um, we certainly could use someone that knows where the back of goal is as a as a partner for for Gregory, don't you think, Stu's as a second yeah second foil? Well, yeah, um, I'd prefer. I think I'd prefer someone like him to somebody who's kind of experienced, as people would put it, but maybe a bit nearer the end of their career. I'd, I'd be quite excited to see somebody like that come come in. I always prefer the younger players coming in, but. Um, I don't know much about Doyle in terms of what, because what people are saying is we really need a target man for Gregory to play <clears> off. Is he a, that kind of player, do you know? Or? I, I, I don't know anything about him other than the fact that um, his, his name is spelled E-I-O-N rather than O-W-E-N, so, but you pronounce that in the Irish way as Owen. That's all that, I know. That'll help. That'll definitely that'll help. help. Um, I mean, my, my only thoughts, in target man or, or nippy striker or whatever else he might be, the only thoughts I have is that we seem now committed to the one striker um, format for this season and you know last night's probably the classic example of what, what we would call back to basics with Ian Holloway which is the four two three one formation whereas um, the big man small man or you know the, the Doyle and Gregory combination would take me back to a two striker format which takes you down the road of something that looks like a little bit like a four four two type of approach and I just wonder whether there's space for you know a Doyle and a Gregory I wouldn't want to see Gregory not start and if we sign Doyle You'd want to see him start too. So I just wonder if there's space enough for, you know, that second striker that everyone seems to be calling for. Well, it's a worry with 
Holloway anyway with the way he changes the team and stuff. And another poster on our Safan said about whatever you do, if we do get a striker, don't move Gregory back out to the wing. And that'd be the worry, wouldn't it? So Precisely. Um, it might have stunt the growth of one player we've got at the expense of bringing in another. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree entirely with that because Gregory has wasted any, any other role other than the, you know, the kind of cutting edge that he was used for last night. And we saw the best of him in the goal that he scored there. Real, real good striker's goal that he scored. But hey, we'll see. We'll see if um, what business gets done, and what um, I suppose more importantly, who who leaves the club, and um, where that might leave us as a you know as a collective. We'll probably get a toaster from Argos in the south. That's probably... <laughs> <laughs> last last piece of conversation for the day. Um, we've drawn Bradford City in the third round of the FA Cup, which is um, a couple of weeks away now. Um, I was interested to see that. Um, Again, uh, Holloway talking to Alex Aldridge is talking about using the youngsters in the FA Cup game, almost as though we are, you know, a, a, a United and Arsenal playing our, our second or third string in the FA Cup. But I just found it an interesting um, decision because I, I would have thought we could use a cup run, but clearly the league is seen as the the sole priority if that's what he's going to do. I suppose that's the other way of seeing it. That he's uh, shit scared about what we've got left to do in the league, so he doesn't want to risk first team players. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a strange one. I suppose we can't have it both ways, eh? Can we? I suppose a lot of us are asking for the youth to be given a run out. So why not do it against a, a lower league, well, lower than us at least, a team in the FA Cup? Yeah, I mean, talk is that Fred on your dinner will come back. He's on a month's loan at uh, I think it's Wickham, isn't it? Um, so um, the you know the talk is that Fred will see a, a start against uh, Bradford City in early early January, and also um, he may throw in a couple of academy graduates to give them a taste of the big time. Um, if playing Bradford in round three is a big time, um, <laughs> I'm not sure it's probably going to be like half empty stadium. This, isn't it? You know, probably um, the Coldblow Lane end of the West West Upper or something. But. Yeah. Still, um, we shall see. It, it just intrigues me that um, and I, I think I'm slightly saddened by the demise of the FA Cup, which was always a, a tournament that you know was was you know not quite on a par with the league, but wasn't far short of it in my youth. And now it's being seen as a as a trial for um, you know kids and um, you know players, fringe players. But that's the way the the, the world works now. Well, yeah, and we say every week. I think about. A certain something is different every week, but that is football, isn't it? And that's football. Football's gone, and uh, that's that's what it's become. So, really good to have you on the show again, Stu's. Thanks for doing this this morning, mate. Appreciate that. You, you've got right. a family I event mean, to go to this afternoon. I have got a family, so uh, because we're too big and spread about, we all get together a couple of weeks before and do like a secret Santa, and uh, let's all get really drunk and nice one. Together. Nice one. Well, I'm recording a listed line this afternoon, so I'll be th- I'll raise my glass of water whilst I do that to you. Enjoy. Very nice. Enjoy and, uh, yourself. We'll speak soon. Yes, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, I was saddened to hear the news during the week of the passing of a long-time Millwall fan, Bill Foster, after a battle with stomach cancer. Now, Bill had written a number of articles for CBL magazine Uh, all based around these memories of the Lions in the late 50s and early 60s. And so I thought that it would be appropriate today to take a short pause in the show, just to mark his life and his long support of the Lions. And I've chosen the short piece that he wrote for me last year, which was entitled Second Division Peanuts. Second Division Peanuts. Now I've been going down the den since the early 1950s, back in the old third division south days in fact. 
1958, the third and the fourth divisions were formed out of these, these old regional leagues. Now at that time, I went in at the Elderton Road end, and as you walk down the little path to, to the den, over on the right was where people left their bikes. Further on, just by the turnstiles, a chap was always selling peanuts. Now Millwall, being in Division 4, his cry was always, Third Division Peanuts! Third Division Peanuts! And this went on until the Lions were promoted to Division 3, and then his cry became, Second Division Peanuts! Second Division Peanuts! And this went up and down over the next few years. He would even walk around the ground during the match, still calling out Second or Third Division Peanuts depending on which league we're in. Now in 1965, my cousin John and a few pals went to Reading. As we got off the train, we naturally all took straight to the gents. And in there, with his peanut bags on the floor, was the peanut man. I bet they're well sorted today, someone remarked. In the 1970s and 1980s, I started to go in at the Coldblow Lane end. I did wonder, when we went up to the first division in 1988, whether we started selling European peanuts. And for that matter today, does anyone sell Premier League peanuts? Rest in peace, Bill. It was a pleasure to have known you, mate. Nick. All right, welcome back to the show. This is our favourite listed lion section, and our listed lion this week is, uh, a, a, I suppose, a fanzine legend, Neil. Neil Bradley, Uwe for Hollywood. Welcome to the show, Neil. Cheers, Nick. Um, good to have you on, mate. Um, now, you are our listed lion this week. Um, now, you've, you've been a, a stalwart of the Millwall fanzine world for many, many years. When did you first get involved with TLR, Neil? How long ago was it since you started with them? I think I, I wrote my first letter to the uh, sort of the post bag, which was during the, the Mick McCarthy era. Actually. Wow. 94. Um, yeah, I mean, a long, long time ago. And uh, I think they'd had about 30 odd editions by that time. They were just sort of establishing themselves. I think that and there was five five others I think were really sort of um it was like a revolution then I think because I remember at the time um Reg Burr had, had tried to ban TLR. Yes he did from, yeah. from the den. Um yeah. Um from the old from that was from the old den then. That's uh, right. I know they brought a lot of pressure on on him and the board in terms of the the move to the new to the new den. Yeah. And they questioned lots of stuff. They even put forward alternative blueprints for the stadium. And was completely ignored. I mean, that was really a fall in their side, really. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it sort of, it, I, I really like that that sense of a bit like when the you know Danny Baker and um, Mark Perry did the, the punk fans in. You know, is that sort of like just getting back at the establishment somewhat? You know. Well, it's, I mean, that was a very it was a very different era back then. I, I sometimes think it's hard. I mean, we all forget a little bit what it was like then, but kids particularly, this is pre-internet, so there was very limited means of communication back then. Though. I mean, fans yeah. just represented a revolution. You're right. I mean, I think so. I think it, it's sort. Of, I think it's somewhat worrying at the moment because I think everything's so instantaneous. You know. Yeah. I'm only just sort of barely sort of touch Twitter and um, that kind of sort of genre. You know, and that's kind of format. Yeah. Um, for me, it's always the, the the sort of written word. You know. Yeah. Um, and it worries me that that's sort of gone, you know. I know, um, I mean, you know, the line was, I think, the, you know, the circulation sort of plummeted. I think that's more a sort of generational thing, I think. I don't think it's it's to do with the content. I think it's just that, you know, especially younger supporters, I think that they've got um, different formats to air their views, you know. Um, the only thing I would say, though, is that, um, you know, 
that that was the Twitter of its day, or the Facebook of its day. Yes, know? it was. Yeah, and you could say yeah. what you like, you know. Yeah, um, which was which, which was great, and I, and I think that's going to be lost. I think this. Um, I mean, I, you know, I like I like the concept of Twitter, but. I, I think it's the modern world, Neil. I mean, you know, obviously it's um, there's many strengths and weaknesses with what I call the internet era. And if I'm honest, the, the internet has brought me a lot in many other areas. But what it has taken away is that kind of um, um, the, the ability to dwell on on something. Is everything's now as instant in the yeah, moment? And that's a worry. I think. I think. Um, I mean, look, we we will come out out of the den most yeah. weeks. Threatening never to come back again, and um, but on reflection, we, we always do. We do, yes. And, and, and I think um, if we made that the decision based on that gut reaction, walking out of the doors, um, especially after something like a performance against Middlesbrough, you wouldn't return. No, no, but you wouldn't. But no. you do. You think about it and you go back um, because it's about more than that. I think you know it is about that um, that being reflective. I think. We're in the grip of something bigger than ourselves at Millwall, Neil. I think that's probably yeah, the best yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's start off with our, our listed lines questions. Name, obviously, clearly is um, is Neil Bradley, but you're right under the pseudonym of Uve for Hollywood on on in the. That's right. Yeah. What's the origin right, of that? Yeah. Well, I, I've brought, I've been sending a few letters, and then Paul Casella, who, who was mm-hmm. the sort of um, the founder, along with um, Carl Prosser. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. He, um, Indeed. He said, you, you know, do you want to fill a page? You know, every month, and I said, it's great, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know why, I just had the, the, the song in my head, you know, uh, Hooray for Hollywood. You know? <laughs> and um, and Uray was, was a sort of, he was a strange old character for us because uh, I worked with a guy from Middlesbrough, and, and he, even even today, after all of their success over the last, you know, couple of decades, yeah, he's still in his all-time 11 Greatest Middlesbrough players, Uwe Fuchs. You know, he, 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 I find that hard to believe. Yeah, he was a disaster for us. You know, I think he, I think he scored sixteen goals in nineteen games for them when they they got promotion. Yeah, to, yeah. The Premiership, you know. So he, he became a real sort of cult hero, you know. Yeah. And for us, he was um, he, he was a disaster. I mean, I think you know, I remember him falling over. Duvet, they called him Duvet, didn't they? Yeah, they called him Duvet, you know, that was the thing, because he was always laying down, you know, Um, which was great, you know. I don't think we ever saw the best in In a weird way, it sort of reminded me a little bit of Holloway now, in terms of um, McCarthy was rotating the the forward line, and he was only getting a game once every three or four games, you know, which I don't think, I just don't think works, I think... You know, with someone like Lee Gregory at the moment, that you know, he, he needs to play. You know, yeah, very um, much. Yeah. And and that's how it came about, really. I mean, I, I sort of I had, a, I had a real soft spot for him, and I really wanted him to do well for us because I I do remember, you know, him banging in goals for Middlesbrough, and uh, and it just never worked out. He was a sort of become a clown, you know. Well, he did arrive with some repute. I mean, I, I remember it same as you do. I mean, when when Uwe Fuchs arrived, he I, I expected. Um, Big things from him, but it, what always fascinates me over the history of our club is that some players, no matter how talented, I'm going back to Paul Goddard now as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. They yeah. just don't work, Neil, do they? they? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is, whether it's um, just sort of you know wrong place at the, at the wrong time or circumstance. Uh, you know, Clive Allen scored at every single club he ever played for, apart from us. Yeah. But then Mick McCarthy played him in midfield. You know. Yeah. Well, One of the most prolific strikers in you know in history. And he yeah. played him in midfield, so you know. Um, I think partly he was he was a, uh, you know, he suffered from bad luck. I think, 
yeah. another thing was like Brian Robson at, at Middlesbrough used him as a, a loan player and really got the best out of him. We, you know, we we invested money. I think we paid him. You know, I think he was, at the time I think he's our most expensive player. You know, about seven hundred thousand yeah. pounds. And yeah. um, he just didn't do it. But it, as I say, he was he was playing once every four games. You know. Yeah, um, which doesn't help, I don't think. Mill's track record in the transfer market would be a show in its own right, I think. But anyway, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't have time for that today. Um, question number two for you then, Neil: Age, occupation, and where you live, as you wish to disclose, mate. What was uh, age yes, and occupation? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 52. Yeah. Uh, although I feel um, much older than that. Um, <laughs> right. After watching all these years, you know. um, I live in Elton, but yeah. I. Um, I've been there for about eight years now, but I was originally from the Old Camp Road. Okay. Um, and I work at Galton's College. I work for um, a project called the Open Book Project, which yes. is um, it's, it's a really wonderful project. It, um, it, it attempts to encourage people from really non-traditional backgrounds um, into higher education, and, then, and that includes anyone from you know people from offending backgrounds, addiction backgrounds, mental yeah. health backgrounds, but also um, myself. Um, anybody from a working class background, especially those who sort of missed out the first time around, was never encouraged to go to university. Yeah. Um, you know, our doors are open to anybody. There's no prerequisite in, in terms of coming along and joining. Um, and what we do, we, we run our own classes, and, yeah. they, and they're run by people like us. When the time comes, when the time's right, we would encourage them then to apply for you know a degree program. If that's what they want to do, because it has to be about their choice. To do yeah, it. yeah. And then we support them right away through their studies. Then you know, and they come out the other end, which which I did. And um, and then what normally happens is that you you, you return it in kind. You, you 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 know, you act as a volunteer. I yeah. started as a volunteer in 2006. I was teaching creative writing, uh, funnily enough, and it, and it, that had come about just because the guy who ran the project read the line rules, and, and it was as simple as that. He asked me to come and teach a creative writing project uh, class. Yeah. And um, which I bluffed, I think, you know. And then um, <laughs> no substitute for that, Neil. No, no, absolutely no. And he said to me, you know, have you ever thought of doing a degree? And I, and I, you know, I, I hadn't. And yeah. you know, I'd left school like most of us um, of my age, certainly my generation, I think, and was, was sent to work in a plastic bag factory. No one yeah. ever mentioned university to me, you know. So at the age of well, I think 48, I, I, I did a master's degree. I didn't have a first degree. I didn't have any qualifications whatsoever. Right. And um, I did a master's degree in creative writing, uh, which was great, you know. And um, and it ended up leading back to this, you know, I kept carrying on volunteering for the project. And then a couple of years ago, I, I, I took up the post permanently. So I've been doing that for about two years now. And it's, it's the sort of the best thing I've ever done. It's, it's been the only thing that's really been... You know, in terms of work, being really valid, you know. Fantastic. Yeah. Continues being. I think it's um, it's a really important job. I mean, it, you know, it's at the moment we're 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 in the process of complaining to this this college in Brighton. You know, that's mm. taken the sociology students to uh to the Brighton Mill game. So I find the whole thing so offensive. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was an interesting thing. I mean, I, I mean, just going back to the open book project. I mean, I did a little bit of reading before you and me spoke today. I mean, it is a fantastic thing that. You know that you're doing over there, and the, and the and the team are doing with you at Goldsmiths. Um, the, the the chap that started it, a very interesting backstory. Is it Joe no, Joe, Joe Baden? Joe Baden. Joe Baden? Yeah, yeah. There's another Mills Paul as well. You know. Yeah. I mean, he was on the edge of um, doing some prison time, and and decided that this was education was a route to, well, I suppose to change his life. Would you say, Neil? Would that be? Well, I think, yeah, I think. I mean, I think initially, I think he used it as a, as a, again as a bluff. I think he, he um, convinced a probation officer to. Um, <laughs> Send him on to this, you know. It was a research program then, yeah. run by the college, um, 
and just to get a, a, a more favourable pre-sentence report for this is for armed robbery. Yeah. And um, and when he, he turned up and, and he just got into it and, it, and he, he it's, it turned out he, he really loved doing you know studying history and then when he did his degree um, at, at Goldsmiths and um, I remember him you know him telling me with like sort of this, like smile on his face that he, you know he, there was a, there was a moment where he was. Um, in the crypts of Canterbury Cathedral, wearing white gloves, reading the letters of the Witchfinder General. <laughs> so he's sort of staggering for someone who came out of Bermondsey who was, um, carried a gun, you know. Um, and, and I think what happened, he passed his degree, and, and I think they just said, would you like to stay on, you know, yeah. and, and just go out and recruit people like you. I mean, initially, it was, it was just really people from offending backgrounds and addiction backgrounds, but it just it widened. Really. I really think uh, once I, I came... Um, I started putting a more sort of, you know, political stance on it. And, yeah, um, yeah. Just really trying to trying to pitch for the working classes, really, you know. Because, I mean, you know, people, I'm sure a, a lot of Millsports know Goldsmiths really well because they probably passed it. They probably drank in one of the pubs on yeah. face, face Goldsmiths. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really exclusive college. Um, and, you know, I often say it, it's full of, you know, rich art students there, you know. Yeah. Um, and it bears no reflection whatsoever um, or the area, and you know, the most ironic thing was that it was a college set up for the working classes of the local community. There's no evidence of it whatsoever. I mean, I, I give lots of talks, um, I, you know, I rage a lot, you know, yeah. both in Goldsmiths and outside of Goldsmiths. That um, the only people there with an with an accent like mine are the ones that unlock the doors, empty the dustbins, or sell us coffees, you know, and that has to change, I think. I'm going to come back to this later on, Neil, but I'm going to okay. tag you with question number three now, mate. Yeah. Um, what was your first ever Millwall match, mate? What were your memories and impressions of your first ever trip down the den? To, to, to this day, I don't remember who the opposition were. No. Um, it, was, it, was, it was probably somewhere you know, in the mid-60s, late-60s. Um, it would have been a night game. I, I, I know that because my, my dad worked six days a week, so we right. never went to Saturday games. So the only time we were ever allowed to go was, was an evening game. And... Um, I remember, you know, going in the dark, passing the old dog track on the left-hand side and um, being sort of bundled over the top of the turnstiles, um, <laughs> as all the children were then, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we walked out the back of the, the road stand and my dad just plonked me onto the onto the stanchion of the, the floodlight yeah. in that corner. You know, yeah, like an angled view there, there, didn't it? Yeah. You know, and um, I just sat there and sort of mesmerised, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember... When we lived in Yolkimbo, we lived in these, we, you know, we lived in these prefabricated houses, which were uh, made from asbestos up on bricks. You know, Yolkimbo <laughs> gasworks. Health and safety very, nightmare. Yeah, very salubrious, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I remember Saturday, you, you could hear the the, the the roar from from Millwall. Yeah, it travelled, you know, and I, I, I was always, I was, I was always sort of mesmerised by the whole thing. I think. Yeah. It was only really I, I started going regularly, like on my own, which is uh, another. Uh, I think it gives you another example of how things have changed. You know, was in that season, the 1972 season, when we we just missed out on promotion. Yeah, yeah. First season, I started going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that was the the, the first time I, I went to every game. You know, like, mm. at home. You know, and um, and was hooked. And you know, I couldn't have gone during a better season really, other than the, the, the grand finale. You know, when we when it was that. You know, we'd, we'd all thought Birmingham had lost, and in terms we were of having, yeah, and um. And then they went to Orient and, and sort of killed it for us, you know. Yeah, the rest is history, isn't it? Um, yeah, and I think that's a good example of, of us, actually, as a football club. I think that, um, 
that near miss and then almost immediately you know, had the breaking up of the side um, as it's always been. I think I think we've always suffered that, you know. Yeah. The irony to it because there was only two teams went up that year. I think Norwich and Birmingham went up, and then I think we were so close to it. I think the, the football league changed the number of teams that went up to three. Teams it became three up. up and three down, didn't and it? And then I think yeah. the next season, by you know that, that was the irony. The next season we went down in third place. Yeah, yeah, we which was. Which was Unbelievable, you know. Story of Millwall, isn't it? I mean, is yeah, it, no, it, 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 I think that was a really good example of, of our sort of um, checkered history, I think, you know, that, that, that sort of... No, we've never been a sleeping giant. It's just also runs, I think. You know no, I mean? it, it's I kind of eternal promise of better days followed by kicking the balls, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah, it's, I think uh... so, yeah. And I think, <laughs> um, and, and I think, I think in some weird, perverse way, I think that that's what attracts everyone's body to it. This thing that we're not, you know, we're not Arsenal. Um, no. That we, you know, uh, and occasionally we, we give somebody a bloody nose, and I think I, I really like that. I think it's, it's very working class to me, you know. We're not Arsenal, we're not Chelsea, and in, and in fact, when you go to clubs like that, I don't know how you find it, but I, I feel like a fish out of water. There's something very special, and I know. Sometimes this can be overdone a little bit, but we're all Millwall and most of us listening to this show are going to be Millwall. But I just find something totally unique about the club, the supporters. It's, it, it is an, it's an obsession, isn't it? I, I, I yeah, we're definitely different, you know. I mean, it, it sort of, you know, most weeks it drives me mad, you know, still. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it, it's, we, we are, I mean, we are unique. We are, I mean, why is it a, a team that have, have had no success, really, you know, in its entire history? Why, why does it fascinate everyone else? Why do why do a, a, um, a sociology department want to take their students there to, to observe their supporters? You know, it, there's something strange about it. I think you know. I th- I th- and, um, yeah, I mean, I, this is something I was going to come back to. I mean, I, I, I sometimes think we represent something old-fashioned, and I don't know if that's the right expression, but it, we, yeah, we, I think so. we, yeah. we are old-fashioned in many, many senses. Sometimes um, it's skewed, I think, as well. You know. We misunderstood. I mean, you yeah, know, absolutely. I always say to people who aren't Millwall fans that we're, we're everything you think we are, and we're, we're nothing that you think we yeah, are. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good. Um, I think that's a really good analogy. I think, um, you know, and and I've got to that. I think I've got to that age as well where I, I really don't care anymore. You know, no, I really don't no. care what anybody thinks. You know? No, no, they can think what they like. Because it's almost a lot. I, I know the truth. You know. Where did you used to go regularly? Where would you sit? CBL halfway line, Neil. We always stood on the Ilderton Road. Ilderton Road. And um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of geography. Maybe um, because we, we always walked along the, the Old Kent Road and, and turned left. You know, went through the Tuffton Estate, and 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 I liked it there. I liked that um, that that end of it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was younger, I used to walk around. You know, as everyone did at half time, go yeah. to the Coldblow Lane. You know, yeah. Because you know, it was a, a quite a unique ground where you could. Stand behind one goal and then go and watch the, the, the second half behind the other goal, you know. Yeah. But, um, but when I, um, you know, when I was sort of, you know, I suppose, become more adult, we, we always stood. I mean, that's where everyone stood. And it seems a weird thing now. You can go to the spot where you stand and all the people around you, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did like that about it. You know, there was a familiarity to it, you know. And I know, I mean, I've spoken to lots of people, lots of work with lots of people who. who have said about you know how terrifying it was going down there, and I never ever I never ever felt that you know I just thought it was like sort of wonderful you know. Fantastic. Who was your favourite all-time Millwall player? Now, who would you pick out? You have one choice. That was, that was, a, that was a, that's a really difficult one, and um, and I'm, I'm sure you know from season to season it changes. I mean, I, you know, I kept thinking about the likes of Barry Kitchener and Harry Cripps and Keith Stevens. You know, um, 
for obvious reasons, just that sort of spirit. Um, yeah. When when I was younger, I loved Tony Towner. He was a, he was a great player for us. So um, Tony Turner on the wing. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was he was another really good example of of us not being able to hold on to players. You know, it was a real like fans' favourite. You know, and he, and he went for a, a relatively small amount of money, but it was just that was you know that's how he was. And another one it was John Fashion, who I, I, I sort of idolised John Fashion. I thought he was fantastic for us. You know. Yeah. And I think he epitomised. Us as supporters, I think, you know, that that's just that um, he just didn't care. He had shown no respect for defenders, and no. I thought he was great, you know. But um, the one, I, the, the one I, I plumbed for was was Terry Erlock. Erlock. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just and, and more, I think, because um, not because for, for obvious reasons, I think, really because he was he was a far more gifted player than, than people realised. Very much he, so. He was a, he was a great yeah. player, a really great player, had a great a great head on him, you know. He, he could read a game really well, you know. Yeah. And um, but he come up with the, with the goods when it comes to the fuggery as well, you know, which, which always helps, you know. Um, yeah. Well, he was never short on that front. <laughs> no, no. I, I, but he I could play remember. the game as well, you know. Yeah, and he, he, was a, he, was, he was. I thought he was a class act, you know. Um, yeah. In terms of his footballing skills, and and um, I, I think it was unfortunate, you know, he got like, the England B call up and and, and scored a, a great goal. For, you know, during that period, but yeah. I, I just thought he was a great player. I think he he he, he really sums up us as a football club. I think and, and our supporters. You know, again, he, another example of somebody who, even though we had him twice, you know, we, we, we couldn't keep hold of him. You know, because no. of financial reasons. No, no, great player, great choice. I mean, a, a very common choice. Clearly, he, he he did seem to touch something in the support, didn't he? I think yeah, we, no, absolutely. I yeah. think we recognised ourselves in Terry Herlock in many yeah, respects. I, I think being... so. You know, in fact, when I, I think we, we played Arsenal in the cup and um, we we went to Highbury and he, I think he was suspended. I think and and he went there drunk, you know, like everybody else. <laughs> and and there was rumours that he was kicking cars on the way to the ground. You know, I, I sort of I sort of, I sort of loved him for that. You know. <laughs> I, I, I was doing a little bit of reading before this about I, you'd, you'd written a piece on I think it's a Goldsmiths um, uh, website and I was just reading about how you got into your kind of creative writing courses that you run now yeah. and um, I, I was I was intrigued by a sentence you'd put in here about how you'd started out before you got into this kind of world with what you've called to hear conservative of a small c I'm taking it conservative views on offending and um, you know um, addiction and, and such like. But your views changed once you got involved in the in these courses, which I found quite an interesting yeah, um, I think journey. Was, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I came from a, you know a very sort of staunch old labour working class background. Yeah. Um, and it, and it was about you know I, I had it drummed into me about hard work and um, you know trade unions and all being in it together. You know. Yeah. Um, all all you know all the cliches I used. The to classics. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it seemed yeah. to be true then. You know. Yeah. And. Um, and, and weirdly, I mean, anybody that um, you know went off the rails or you know took took drugs or and, and you know people with mental health problems, to be honest, yeah, were, yeah. were sort of ostracised, you know, because we weren't like that, you know. That was no. the that was the whole point of it. And so when I I first encountered the project in the, you know because I was getting a lot of publicity at the time, um, it wasn't for me. I, you know, the, the guy Joe, who's who's become you know he's, he's become a great friend of mine now. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought, guys, this, you know, this guy's a spiv, you know, and I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's just a, a, like a racket, you know, and I'm not sure I want to be associated with it. You know, and, this, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I was really like that, and, and, and even now they use this same story to sort of sell the project in, in a weird way. Yeah. 
Um, but when, when I spoke to him, he said, oh, we, you know, we just come and meet this group. And I, I wasn't sure what I was going to expect. I wasn't sure I was going to, you know, make a load of sort of, you know, heroin addicts. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's they've sort of stereotypes because, you know, I, I brought a lot of prejudice and, and, and my own chip, you know, from my, my own shoulder, you know, yeah, when yeah. I met them. And it, and it didn't turn out to be like that at all. They were, they were, there was a really nice group of people, men, women, yeah. different ages, sort of, you know, different backgrounds. But all of the sort of stories were, there was a theme to it, I think. And, and, and I started recognising um, aspects of all of their, them as individuals, in, in myself, you know. Um, you know, I've had my own sort of, you know, experience of sort of mental health yeah. anyway, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, but, but it was brought up in an area where it's, you know, that was, was not spoken of, you know, was it? Nobody no. looked, went to counselling or anything like that. It was just pull yourself together and get on with it, you know. I mean, I think, you know, it, it, certainly in, in, in the past, I think it was a case of you had no choice but to get on, on, on with it, you know. Yeah. But, um, but I was aware of, you know, I was aware of um, certainly like alcohol problems in, in sort of more extended family, and um, I was aware of that. But even then, it was, it was always, you know... Um, People would describe as like the life and soul of the party, or a yeah. man's man, all. And, and, and I've since come to understand what those is almost like code, you know, that language, what that actually means, you know. Alcohol and gambling. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's the um... you know, um, it was you know, I think it was almost described as being sort of like heroic, you know, yeah. and and, and I, you know, I had a dim view of it, and now you know, I've still got a dim view of it. To be honest, I mean, yeah. what I liked about the project was the fact that. Um, it's, it, being in Goldsmiths, I, I expected it to be really liberal, you know. Yeah. Um, really liberal, very sort of middle class and left wing. But it, it wasn't. It was, um, no, you, had to, you know, you had to take responsibility for everything you've done in the past, you know. And it wasn't my fault, which I really liked, because there are lots of, um, I mean, there, there's certainly lots of academics will tell you that it's not your fault, it's society's fault. And I've never bought into any of that crap, no, you know. No. Um, and I was brought up on, on, you know, that old socialist thing, you know. And, and my version of socialism is completely different to the, the academics in Goldsmiths, and we, we constantly argue over those facts, you know. I can imagine you do, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the worst Millwall player you've ever seen, Neil? <laughs> this, was, this was a difficult one, because we've had some, haven't we? Let's, we let's have had a few. Know. It's hard choice. Um, and I, I could have picked some obvious ones, but I, I mean, I, I thought about David Tuttle. Um, <laughs> yes. But then again, I think he, he was almost like a full guy, you know. I think he was quite a nice bloke as well. It always yeah, gets hard when they're nice yeah, people. Yeah, I think he was, a, he was a full guy as a player and a full guy as a manager, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, two, uh, actually, and, and it's, it's ironic because they, they certainly weren't our worst players, were the partnership, Dennis Wise and Ray Wilkins. I, I absolutely loathed them. Did you? The pair of them, yeah. I just thought they there was such... Um, I mean, I thought, you know, Wise was a thug, you know, and I thought Ray Wilkins was, was really, really arrogant. I mean, he was—he was all. He'd always been very dismissive of fanzine, so maybe that—that that was something had something to do with it. But I, I remember he made a comment that um, football support was—I um, could fit on a postage stamp <laughs> the knowledge uh, football supporters have about football, you know. Yeah. And, and it, there was a real arrogance to him, you know. And he was um, such an entertaining player too. The thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I remember the game. I remember he made his debut for us. I think it was against Colchester, and he was awful. Well, he was fat, well, he was yeah. part, part beyond past yeah, it, but it's going through the motion. It was almost like, you know, do you know who I am, sort of thing. You know? and, um, <laughs> I sort of loathed him, you know, um, for that reason. Um, but the, the, I mean, the one for me, the, the worst, I mean, he turned out to be the worst manager as well, unfortunately, was um, Peter Anderson. Oh, blimey. 
because he was um, he was awful. And he, he was, and I know you know looking back, he was, he was he was a gifted player, but he was everything that was wrong in a Millwall player and as a Millwall manager, he just didn't get us. He didn't really get us at all, you know. Well, the club, um, ne- club nearly died yeah, at that in that era, yeah, there, didn't no, it? Absolutely. I, re- I remember the, the, the drubbing, you know, Grimsby Town gave us um, when they, you know, in the yeah. cup, and they, they and that was six one, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he, he was so awful, and and I think he, he was he was a good example of somebody that didn't get it. He didn't get what we expected. No, it wasn't about getting beat. It was just about the way we played. It was the manner of defeat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I think he, he, he would have to go down as, as the worst, I think. you know. I think that's... In both categories. <laughs> I won't argue with that choice at all, <laughs> mate. Coming from that era, I mean, you know, it makes me laugh when they talk about low crowds nowadays. You have a look at the low crowds in the early 80s. You're going to see low crowds. I mean, it's under under 3,000 in one game, I think. it's yeah, It was yeah, a very, very yeah. different era, that's that's for sure. Yeah, grim. It was a grim time. It was a grim time. Um, what's your, your most memorable Millwall match... Overall, Neil, which I mean, one would you there, choose? There are, there, are, there are really obvious ones, you know. You know um, yeah. I'm sure everybody mentioned the semi-final at Old Trafford, you know. Yeah. Um, and the Watford against Watford New Year's Day when Neil Harris made the comeback and scored that goal, that was a a great one. For, just, really, just for that reason, really, I think you know. Yeah. Um, we were on the march then. The, the two the two games, the cup games, when we beat Arsenal at Highbury and uh, then at Chelsea. Fantastic Chelsea games, yeah. Games, fantastic games, yeah. Fantastic know. nights, yeah. Um, but, the, <clears throat> but then I still think that that was, you know, the premiership hadn't started then I was in his infancy. It was still, you know, you could still go and beat teams. Yeah. You could still go and beat a, a first division's first team, if you like, which which doesn't happen anymore. Um, I mean, the Mother's Day massacre when we beat West Ham, you know, um, that, that was great just because they were so awful and, yeah. and, it, and it upset them so much, you know. And it was just us <laughs> rubbing it and their noses in it, which, which I liked, you know. But the, the, the game I've chosen was, I'm not sure if anyone else would choose it, it was Bournemouth away right. um, in 1988. When, oh, the 2-1 uh, win, right? It? Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was about three, three games away from promotion. Yeah. And it was a make or gro- a break game for us. Yeah. It was being back to the den. Yeah. Uh, I think because that hadn't happened for a long, long time. No, 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 no. And um, I think I'm sure I think we went one nil down, and then we came back two one. And I, I remember Terry Erlock, because he's my favourite goal. Terry Erlock hit a, hit a ball on the sort of half volley from that from about you know 35 yards out. Yeah. And just it just smashed it, you know. And and it, it, he scored at that end where all the Mill supporters were. Yeah. And um, and then of course they got a penalty in the last minute. That's and, right. Um, yeah. Got to have the Murphy ending, mate, didn't you? You know. Yeah, and and Brian also saved the penalty, and it was. It, I, I think it was doing that was the first time I think that we really had the, that belief. You know, going right back to that seventy-two yeah. season where we could actually do it here. Yeah, know? it was and within uh, grasp, wasn't it? It was within grasp. Yeah, it was great. It, it was. It was. It was just the whole day was great because it was a night game, and you know, it, we went to the we went to the coast. Everybody was drunk, you know. Um, and then came back on the, on the on the old milk train, you know, got yeah. back into. Oh, blimey, milk, you're going back there. In the morning, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, and again, another good example of a football football supporters lot, I think. Very that, much that's, so. That's what you know, um, an away day experience was like. Not, I'm not so much sure it's like that now, but it, it was like that then. I think you know, you know, exhilaration, alcohol. Um, yeah. And then you know just worn out at the end of it, you know. Football now is a much more controlled, dare I say it, sanitised experience. So no, it is, it is. It's a very, very uh, different thing to yeah. what we knew, isn't it? And I think, in, in, you know, in some respects, 
we're the better for it. You know, let, let's be honest. You know, um, you know, I, I was never, I was never sort of into football hooliganism. You know, so no. um, my experience of it, and, and you know, my, my friends' experiences of it were probably similar to everybody, every football sport up and down the country. You yeah, know, yeah. transit vans. You know, I mean, then it was, you know, you, you could drink cans of lager and all that sort of stuff, you know. But just really just that sort of camaraderie, having a laugh and then going in and opening your team, you know, because we didn't win too many times away, Yeah. you know, throughout our history, um, you know, just praying for that win, you know, to, to, it would make or break your week, you know. But it was, it was more about the experience, I think, than anything else. I mean, it's, sort of, it's slightly different now, I think. The good old days. Now, we were saying like a right cut of old gits here, mate. Yeah, so, no, yeah. Going on about the old... Do you like the new den as as against uh, well, we call it new den, but the the, the yeah, Zampa Road I, I, versus Carbone? I, 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 I think like most of us, when when they you know they hinted that they was going to move, I, I was sort of devastated. You know, yeah. I, I love the old ground. I just thought it was so. Um, you know, as as said earlier, it, it, it was like there was a even when I was an adult, I, there was a sort of an air of wonder to it. I think you know. It just, it just, especially night games. I, I love being under the floodlights, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. And just that noise, I think that, um, and the way it just, I think maybe because it was, you know, three sides of terraces, but just the way that noise went round the ground, you know. Um, I, I really, and, and it's really intimidating atmosphere there, you know. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I, I, I and mean, even when we moved to the new ground, I, I, I hated it. I, I really, did you that I, much? I, did I really, you? I really disliked it. Yeah. I, I just. I just couldn't find my way there, you know. It seems we, we sat, we tried all the different seats. We sat in the north stand, we sat in the south stand, we sat in the east stand. Yeah. And it really didn't feel like home. But now, I think after, you know... 25 years, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it, feels, it feels really familiar to me, and I, I sort of actually like it. And, and I sort of like it in a way because because it was the first new, new stadium to be built, every, every other football club looked at our... Stadium and then have to do it different. Yeah, it improved on we, it. Yeah. We was the we was the ones that made all the mistakes, you know. Well, I say improved on it, but I'm not sure I mean that actually, because I quite like the new den, as we will call it, for the purpose yeah, of this. Yeah, no, I, I do. I, With I, all of its flaws, Neil, um, I, I I like it. I think I like it because of its flaws. I think that's what yeah, gives it no, I think character. Yeah, no, it's still not slick, you know. I, no. I know. Um, I mean, even when we went to the, you know, during that cup game, remember, you know, that cup game against Arsenal right? yeah. over that Highbury. I remember going into the toilets and uh, there was a big overspill and we got put into the Arsenal um, section, Side, yeah. which plays them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I remember going to the toilets and they, and they had white tiles on on with, with, with red red guns, you know, like red cannon. Did it? <laughs> in the tiles, and I said, well, yeah, no, we've still got those breathe blocks, you know. And um, so, I, but now I sort of like that, you know. I used to be, I used to be quite offended by, it, you know, all of those false promises. You know, there's going to be marble floors and there's going to be a pine yeah, shops got, and all that. There's going to be all sorts of McDonald's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it never came about. You know, it, it has improved, um, but it's still, yeah, it's still a bit slap bash, you know. And, and I. I sort of like that about it, you know. What's your view I, of... I still have to clean my own seat, you know, <laughs> before match days, you know. What's your view of Reg Byrne, Neil? I mean, he's a, he's a huge figure in Mill history in many ways, and yet he's a, yeah, I, he's I, a multifaceted I, man, isn't he? He's, he? He was a strange fellow because I'm not sure people, too many people know that. He, he was, he was a, a director at Luton. Yes, um, he was, yeah. When, and, and, you know, when we went to Kenilworth Road and there was the riot, mm. you know, which, which, I was, which I was at, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, as a football match. And... Um, and I, I always wondered what possessed him, really, you know, to... I mean, all I kept thinking was that if he was there that night and he saw what happened, he, he must have come to the conclusion that if they would go mad like this, you know, for a football club, then 
Yeah, we, was... we, we can exploit them. Maybe I, I don't. Know. Maybe that's a really cynical view of it. You know. I don't um, know because he, he was mixed up in an insurance company that was crashed or bankruptcy of an insurance company in his past. I believe I might be yeah, I, I might be incorrect in saying that, but you know, to, to be honest, at the time I think he, he'd done really well for us. I mean, in terms of he, he got a group of people together who actually invested. You know, yeah, it was a small investment, but it was the first time he'd actually done it. You know, you know they think they'd come to him, let's go for it. Yeah, and um, and it come about. You know. It was, Simon likes of Cascarino and um, uh, L- was, Lawrence came to it. Jules Lawrence, yeah, didn't and he? I think yeah. we, you know, I mean, even though we all had doubts when, um, I mean, I remember being phoned at work and said, "Hey, we signed Doherty, you know, the manager." And I, I thought it was Tommy Doherty, obviously. <laughs> and then it turned out to be this bloke, no one had heard. <laughs> <of it. laughs> and um, I mean, he, he, well, he came back twice, and he, I think he was he was tired in his bathroom the second time. Wasn't he? And he got the phone call, you know. Um, but he, he turned it around. I think. He, Oh, very Graham much so. Was, was 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 a, was a great manager for us, you know. A massive figure, yeah. And changed it completely, you know. It was almost like a mirror yeah. version of Bill Shankly in some respect. No, it was. And in, he, in terms and of what he did. I think what was great about him, he got it. He, he got us. Very much so. He, he got a mentality, I think, you know. And he, he, he got. I mean, you know, he was the one who brought in in fashion. You know, he, he got it. He, he, he definitely he, he equated the two, you know. And that was what was great about him. He equated players that we would love. What was your favourite ever Millwall moment? And I contrast this with Millwall match. Um, and my Millwall moment, as just as an illustration, is when Paul Stevenson scored that opening goal up at Anfield in eighty-eight. Really I've got that written down on a bit. Of oh, really? I've mixed it. I've mixed your yeah. thunder, mate. Sorry. No, that, that was. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I think that was that that whole thing about the promised land. You know, I remember. I remember prior to that match. Um, well, I remember actually queuing for the tickets down the Coldblow Lane. Um, yeah about three weeks before that game and um, and stopping the traffic, you know. Yeah. And the police come along and saying they're going to threaten to close the ticket office down because we were stopping people taking 30 seconds off a cut through, you know, to get to work, you know. And then everyone threatened to beat them up. That was great, you know. And um, it was that excitement. Because I, I think... I think the Liverpool were, I think, the team, really. It was it, That was what it was all about, going to, going to somewhere like that. That's what it meant to us, I think, to, to get into the first division or the old first division, as it was. Well, that was also and, one of the great Liverpool sides, and there, wasn't it? That was yeah, and, arguably and the best in Europe. That, you know, yeah. um, other supporters saying that every time when you go up there, you know, mm. every time they go near the box, you're terrified that they're going to get a penalty because they, yeah. they used to get loads and they, they got more penalties than anybody else. At they home, did, you know? yeah. And they, they were always dangerous, you know. And I think we went up there, and there was there was that sort of. A, there was a bit of a carnival atmosphere. I think they both saw us as a novelty, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, even though we had that reputation, they, they still looked at us as though, you know, these plucky Londoners coming up there, you know, yeah. and yeah. To, to have a day out. And um, and from the off, we, we went out, I think we hit the bar, I think Cascarino hit the bar, and then we, we Stevenson. And sure. I always remember the footage, there's a bit of footage when he scores and, and someone throws a rock at him. <laughs> yes, right. The cop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you see Teddy Sheridan have a quick look round and try and run towards the halfway line, you know? <laughs> and um, and it, it quickly settled. I, I, I had a couple of mates who were um, glaziers, and they, they did work on uh, Bob Paisley's house. And he, he said to them, "Well, anytime you you want to come and see a game, give me a ring, and I'll get your tickets." Well, of course they they chose the all game, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 and, and went up there for it. And um, 
he said everyone in the seats around them was really friendly, shaking their hands and joking with them all, you know, all that scouse wit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as soon as it, the game started, they was all about to leave because they were all threatening to be, to be killed, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was great. I think it was, and, and it, we were just so n- noisy up there and, and it, it just silenced the cop, you know. One of those great uh, days, that, right? that, yeah. that was a great one, yeah. I think so, yeah. I think we've got like-minded there, I think. Good choice, good choice. Can you pick out a funniest ever Millwall moment? Now, anything springs yeah, to mind? Really, really easy for me. It was um, we played a friendly against Svet of Sweden. Um, oh blimey! Yeah, in that season, yeah. that same season, yeah. and um, yeah. it was Caroline Brummenegger's sort of European farewell tour. I remember <laughs> that. And um, Bridgeburg giving some very dodgy silver salver thing, you know, <laughs> memory. You know. Well, we'd come from. We was in the Barnaby that prior to the game, and, it, and I remember it pissed down the rain. And yeah, it, yeah. We walked, we walked across the car park, the Ultimate Car, and, and the turnstiles were closed. So you, you could only get in by the Cold Blow Lane, and right. so we, we had to walk across round, sort of across Jewsy Hill, you know. Right, yeah, right the way round, yeah. And then it was about, there was about 200 people up there watching it, trying to watch it for nothing. It was only about a fiver to get in, or, you know, <laughs> getting nothing, about three quid to get in. And, um, and it, was, it was pouring, you know. And my mate Kenny, he, he, he was he was the worst for wear, you know. And he, he started having an argument about why they weren't paying, you know, to go right. to the game. And he pushed one of them, and they all went. Two hundred votes all went, all just slid down the hill. And we all went, you know, he went as well. And he lost his glasses, and he, he, he was great. He, he had a Prince of Wales check suit on. And he lost his... I was say, we, we went after the game. We, we went to the Barnaby again, and... and Cascarino, Sheringham and Stevens came in there. Yeah. And he was talking to them about the game, but, but the whole night they just stood there looking at him because he was just covered from it. It's like being a battle. Dripping wet, you know, it was just, it was just great. And, and he stood down the front of the, the, the halfway line by, by, the, by the fence. And every time Carl Hines, Rimini, had got the ball, he, he kept shouting out, Carl Hines, Carl Hines, you bastard. <laughs> and it was just like, it was just hysterical, you know, just my own mind, you know, you had to have been there, really. It was just like surreal, you know. Oh dear, good choice, good choice, mate. <laughs> um, who's your favourite player in the current side? Favourite current player? Who would you go for? I, th- I think, um, I mean, Sean Williams has been a, a sort of revelation. He's an outstanding player. He's, he's yeah. just so good, and I, I think the fact that he's, um, I think he's, it's, it's unusual because he because he's not been anywhere. I think no one's really heard of him, and he, he's no. just come in and he's just so cool at it, and, he, and he's such a good player. And I think the, the only thing that goes in their favour is that because he's not been anywhere else that people have not really looked at him, you know. No. But I think he's a great player. But the one that I, he really grows on me now is, is Lee Gregory. Yeah. I, I, just, I just feel there's something about him that he's got. He's got the potential to be a, a, a really good player for us. Agree. Um, yeah. I, I just think he has to play, you know. The poise in which he took that goal last night was something special, I thought. It yeah, yeah. Simple chance on one level. He put it away well, didn't he, in that yeah, situation? Yeah, I think he's, he's definitely got it. I think he's... Um, I think he's got all the attributes. I think he just, you know, I mean, he hasn't scored all in goals, um, you know, whether it's in the lower leagues or not. Yeah. Um, just just by being a, an average player, I think he, he's, he's definitely got something about him, you know, and I like his movement. I, you know, he, he does remind me of, of Harris. He's got a bit more pace than Harris. And he's prime. Yeah, no, I think but, so, um, yeah. But I, I, I wish we'd do it more often. I wish we'd take a punt more often. You know, we did it with Morrison. And and he's he's another good example of it, I think. And and I've got high hopes for him. I think he, he could turn out to be something special. But know, it's tradition is our strong suit, isn't it? You know, tradition yeah. is our strongest suit. They're bringing them yeah, in from yeah. the lower leagues rather than looking upwards. You know. No, absolutely, yeah, yeah. 
Final question for you, mate. Um, your most despised opponent ever. Well, that's an easy one. That's I mean, <laughs> an easy one. <laughs> it, it's the same as everybody else. I mean, it's the West Ham. West Ham, yeah. Um, for all the, ob- all the obvious reasons and more. You know, <laughs> uh, Charlton and Palace have never really bothered me too much, you know. No. Um, Charlton certainly have not. I mean, They're not factors, are they? No. Our families, uh, my family was always sort of split down the middle. A lot of people... Um, went to Charlton and, and we all went to Millwall, you know, so we was the blessed ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Palace, I mean, I've, I've sort of disliked Palace just because I think, I think it's just that middle class thing. I think there was always like, you know, the, the, the posh boys up there. They're the well scrubbed you know. kids with school caps on, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I went to a school called William Penn, which was a rough old school. Yeah. In the, you know, in North Dulwich and that was, um, and there was a lot of support, a lot of people there went to Palace as well, and they was like the sort of posher kids, you know. Um, I mean, they got beat up more than me, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but West Ham for me, without a doubt, I just I just loathe and, and despise everything about them, you know, and especially their, um, it, you know, this this clean. I mean, it, it grieves me at the moment the way they are, but um, yeah, just this whole thing about you know how they won the World Cup, and the academy that, of football, you know, all that, that nonsense, um, yeah, yeah, that old you know, academy of football crap and all that sort of stuff, you know. It was really weird. I was on a, I was on a train um, after me all game some months back, and I I'd, I'd stayed around the ground. And then I, I got the train late, and when I got on the train, it was full of West Ham supporters. Yeah, and I was all posh. <laughs> They're not Cockney white boys from from Bethnal Green. knitted scarves, you know, knitted <laughs> blue scarves, and and it, it, I think again a, a sort of good example of what the Premier League is. And also, what you know, the Olympic Stadium's going to do to them when they move into that place, Neil. I mean, that's 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 going to finish the job that the Premier League started. Yeah, no, I think so. Uh, I think it's, it's outrageous. Out, it's never given a war in. I just think it's so um, it's so corrupt the whole thing, you know. But, um, and you know, the fact that it's being paid by well, taxpayers' money again um, is sort of offensive, you know. Yeah, um, so. But it's just it's just those, you know, um, the idea that that they, you know, I, I think they're one of those teams that if they could. Um, Stop there being any relegations from the Premier League. They they would vote on it immediately, you know. <laughs> um, to, to quite like that sort of rugby thing where nobody goes. Nobody down, goes down. Sealed a sealed competition. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was it was an obvious one for me. Fantastic. Now, one, just before we close the conversation, I just want to mention you've got a book out. I noticed on Amazon. I have. Yeah. Four funerals and a wedding. Um, yep. Journeys in creative and life writing. Um, ten quid for the paperback. You, you can also download it, I believe, now on, on, yeah, on Kindle. Kindle. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if any of what we've spoken about a little bit today is, has caught the interest of any listeners. I, I hope it does. That's what we what we set out to try and do. But um, that looks like a good buy. Would you um, Would you encourage anyone to look at the Goldsmiths website and look at the courses available? Yeah, I, I mean. Um... You know, the project is open to anybody, and, and I'll, I'll, I will probably advertise it in the Lime Roars at some stage. That, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'd like Mill Sports to come, and they can come and join our, our classes. Yeah. Um, they can get in touch with me, or get in touch to, with, to, with me via the project or via the Goldsmiths website. Um, because um, there, are, there are, you know, everybody I know, none of, none of us went to university, you know. No. And, and I think... Um, if we, if we are going to change stuff in the future, you know, in the long term, I think, you know, if we are going to stop sociology students going to watch, going to football match to observe mill supporters, yeah. we, we need to go to university ourselves and, and educate them rather than, because it, I come back to it again, it's, it's so offensive to me that um, even that language, I, I, they're not, they don't even realise when they're being condescending. 
no. to us, I think. You know, if you have to observe us, you're never going to get us, unfortunately. Um, if you have to read a book or if you have to read some research to discover who we are, you, you're never going to understand us in the first place. Fantastic. You know? And until we, um, you know, until our, you know, our children go to university on a regular basis as a matter of course, nothing's ever going to change, unfortunately. Awesome. So if anyone's interested, um, Google search Open Book Project, Neil, Neil Bradley. It'll, yeah, it'll come up quite quickly. I, yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. certainly did that before the show today. Yeah. There's lots on there to look at, and um, give it a, give it give it a good go. Good. Neil, this is fantastic, mate. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks Cheers, for coming on the good. show. Um, I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Okay, Nick. Thanks a lot, mate. It's really good stuff. Cheers, you take Cheers. care. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye, bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm.